Hello, good morning, good evening, good whatever time you're listening to the show, because it's a podcast and you can listen to it whenever you want. But for everybody that's in this room, you're listening to it now. For everybody that's on Periscope again, finally, after a, I don't know, like a four-month hiatus of us being live online, we're live again. My wonderful wife is running the camera, so if it falls over or anything, just yell at her and not me, please. Um, you can flip that over if it's easier to, because the camera's on the bottom. Um, we're, we're at darkness. darkness. Hi, guys. Your mics aren't even on, but hi, guys. Hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> Hello. Um, we have not been here since you guys... We haven't been here at all as a show. We had you guys on... Um, when was the last time we had you on the show? It was probably... Beer, beer week. Uh, it was like our first weekend open. That's right. Yeah. So we, um, we've been slacking. We, there's like a growing list now of breweries in Cincinnati that are open that we haven't even made it to. And that's it's a good thing. It's a scary thing. It's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But I'm really glad to be here. Um, Ron Sanders, Eric Bosler, mm-hmm. thank you guys so much for inviting us. Thank you for sitting down with us. Amen. We are we're, we're, we're also like I you know we'll get to it a little later, but this is also an exciting night for Alexandria Brewing Company. This is their um, launch of their their Kickstarter 2.0, I think is what we're, what I'm calling it at least. <laughs> um, so we'll talk to them a little bit later. They I think they're launching in about 15 or 20 minutes or so. So once they finish that up, we're going to we're going to grab them and talk to them. But first, we're going to sit down and talk with you guys, because, you know, a lot's happened since we actually really got to interview you guys. Um, you've got a brewery. You have beer. <laughs> <laughs> we got our license. So we uh, <laughs> we I, I guess we should just start the way that that in my mind, we should always be starting our shows, and that's my favorite segment of all time. From the beer fridge. Which, when we're live, is more like from the beer tap, so. Sure. Um, it came out of a really big refrigerator. It, that's true, it's from, from the beer fridge. So. Yeah. Um, we've got four beers, tell us a little bit, we'll just kind of go one by one through it, and I'm already drinking something fantastic that if you didn't put it on the flight, we're definitely I, gonna talk about it. I did, too. yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Well, uh, you just want me to like go list them all or you just want to go one at a time? Let's go one at a time because I'm going to drink them while you're talking. Well, the first one is the Beach Park Wheat. I'll let you start with that. Uh, it's a pretty classic banana nose, uh, our twist, or not a, even a twist, our version of a Hefeweizen, but very light finish, very summery. Uh, and it's named after uh, the, there's a, the Beach Park here in Bellevue, which is a... Long story short, it's sort of a, one of the places where the city goes and does things. Right. Yeah. We're small. We only get one. <laughs> it, it, it does have some of that, that, that banana kind of flavor. So it, it's like a neat kind of headfirst um, kind of smash up of, of a Hefeweizen and like an American wheat. Like it's not too far in either direction. Exactly. I think, I think if you are one of those people that think you don't like wheats because you don't like that banana clovey kind of big yeast character. I think you might still like it. That was At the same time, if you're a, a fanatic of Hefeweizens, there's still something there for you that you're exactly. going to like too. That's, that's yeah. really good. Thank you. Um, I imagine if, if anybody hasn't been out here yet, which hopefully everybody has, but I, you know, the way things work, I assume people are still figuring out that you guys are here. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's in... I, I wouldn't call it necessarily a warehousey kind of space. It's 
industrial feeling. It's an old garage. Uh, it's, garage. it's a garage. And, yeah. and, and that's kind of where I was going with it. There's a big garage door on one side of the space that opens up into your patio parking lot area that, that sits right out in the front of the building um, so you can sit and watch traffic go by and stuff. It's, it's a really cool space and I imagine in the summertime, again, this is where I'm going with this. Uh, bear with me. Yeah, Take your time, man. I'm sudden, here. Now we have Periscope running again and I'm super nervous. <laughs> <laughs> here, I'll just wave at him so, for you. <laughs> so, well, as far as this building here, I mean, it is a historic building. We're right on the main drag here in Bellevue and you know, back in the 40s when this building was made, it was a car lot and they used to park cars right up on the roof. And uh, people would drive down the avenue in the 40s and they would see these cars showcased on the roof and then they would come in and buy them in the little front room here. And then when they had to work on the cars, they'd pull them in the garage door here and do what I just, they had to do. I can, I can imagine this place all summer long and you guys kind of caught the tail end of it here. Luckily, you were still able to squeak some summer out of this before yep. we get into the uh, that time of year that I don't want to talk about. But I can imagine that, that you know, something like this, 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 this wheat beer is... You know, kind of that stereotypical, and I hate using summery beer as, yeah, as a descriptor, yeah. but it, it really is nice and easy drinking, refreshing, but still has something else to keep you kind of interested in it. You know, there's so many, so many light blondes and Kolsch's that just kind of bore me, and I don't really want to drink them because there's nothing exciting about it, but this is perfect. Well, the target with that particular beer there, um, we had our first outing here a week ago at the uh, Bellevue... Art in the park. park. They had art in the park, and they they showcased a bunch of the local artists, and they had a bunch of pop-up tents and whatnot. And for the first time, we got to set up a beer tent. That's fun. Yeah, and uh, so Eric, he made this beer, named it after the park that we were in, and we tried to go for, like, an accessible beer so people are out looking at art can have something easy drinking to swing by, grab the tent, go check out some different uh, tents and art pieces at the river there. So how many of your, your style names are going to kind of lean towards some of that... that, that pulling on the history, the Bellevue kind of stuff, and how many are kind of more, um, well, I, I don't know if I want to say to the theme of, of darkness or, <laughs> you know, like a... Well, when we started out, we decided to not make any rules. We, we, we tried, oh, well, maybe we should theme this way or that way, and then we decided, you know what, we're just going to kind of marry everything to whatever the beer reminds us of and kind of go with, let so it the, grow So the beer comes first and then yeah. it kind of... Exactly. Well, and as soon as you try to, like, put yourself, like, we really like the space theme because it works with darkness. Right. There's a lot of cool names, and but... It, Eventually, it just you can't find a name that works for the beer, and so you, by limit by limiting yourself, you end up either forcing it or it's, right. it's easier just to. And as far as like local Bellevue related stuff, uh, especially for special events and things like, if we can, we're not we're not against naming things, but at some point we're going to run out of names pretty right. quick. So uh, uh, I'd I say we'll, we'll like I think he answered it best. We, we're just a little bit of everything. No rules. But we, we like the idea of keeping it as darkness-themed as possible. It makes sense. But coincidentally, our two two of our lightest beers are named after the city. Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. have the Bellevue Beach Park, and then we... I'm the sorry, Bellevue Common, yeah. And then the Bellevue Common that we have. Which, yeah. um, the last time I was down here, I took a growler of the Bellevue... Uh, the Bellevue Uncommon, Uncommon is, yeah. is the one that I that I picked up. Eric made it a little bit hotter, so it was a higher alcohol it. content on that one. So it was uncommonly high alcohol. Right. What's next? Uh, next is our. Uh, uh, no, these last three seem to fit into the theme yes, a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, they're all they're all different shades of black. <laughs> I, I, I still love the first time that we had you guys on the show was oh, that's very right. very early on into yeah. into everything. I think 
you either had just started your your, your crowdfunding. We had just finished. We had just started. Actually, just started the um, crowdfunding. So yeah. You brought us um, what you had left over from some of the, the the testing and stuff like that, and it was a growler of a um, a rye. Um, rye wheat something or other. It's, it's, it was yeah. damn near white. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's essentially it, like a Rogan beer without yeah. any color and, added. And I remember you guys gave us some crap. You're I like, loved it. Your darkness brewing, you come in with a white beer. Well, then that's, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost like, you know, you, you talk about, you know, we don't, we're not going to make rules for stuff. And it's, it's I, I appreciate that too, that side of it. That it's not like we're only going to do dark beers. And exactly. If, if people can learn anything about you guys tonight. I hope that that's what it is. Cool. You don't only have big dark stouts and porters and that kind of stuff. You have some other stuff. And this next one is a good example. Uh, it's something when Ron and I first started brewing together, he wanted, uh, he came up with an idea of we made a gold nail for a friend and uh, so if we could make that beer but black that would be really cool and fun, and uh, so this that kind of started the synthesis of the spear. So this is black gold. So sort of, we call it a, a I'd call it a single hop black ale, um, uh, somewhat of a sessionable version of an American black ale. It's only about five and a half percent, but it's all, all there is a little bit of bittering hops, but it's almost all late edition and uh, a lot of dry hop. What's it called? Uh, this is uh, we call it our anomaly series. This is mosaic anomaly. So, so this is just mosaic through hops. different single hops, just kind exactly. of as, as the, the mood strikes you. Yeah, but it's a very, even though it's black, it. it's very, uh, a very light beer, very uh, not not a bitter finish. And that's exactly why we called it Anomaly. The idea behind it is to, for people maybe who aren't into drinking darker beer, they can kind of dip their toe in a dark beer and still feel like, hey, look, I'm drinking a dark beer, but it actually tastes like a lighter well, beer. And it does. It, it, it's interesting because, and one of my favorite things about some of the, the black IPAs and that stuff is this, this, this character where when you first taste it, you know, you get that, those hops. It's real fruity. It's real, real light, real easy drinking. But afterwards, and especially like that little burp afterwards, yeah. I get all that roastiness from it, which yeah. is fun for me. You know, I don't know if yeah. I don't know if the proper tasting notes include the burp flavor, but I think they should because there's <laughs> yeah. something else that kind of I'm kicks in yeah. after yeah. that. I guess you finish, you know, whatever. The hell yeah, is. <laughs> we call that round two. <laughs> so the, no, this is good. Like I get the taste of really, twice. Yeah, really yeah. fruity and um, still has that roastiness that. Sure. I think we um, we were drinking one of the anomaly beers. Um, Probably one of we had when we had Andy from Alexandria, we did a, um, a homebrew show, which is a whole story within itself that we'll eventually talk about one of these days. But um, and one of the beers we were drinking the whole time was was anomaly that I think the uh, the Brewers Buddies boys stopped and, and picked up down here one day. So cool. and, oh yeah, uh, I think I remember that actually. Was, I, I remember that day exactly. Yeah, it, I think that was the centennial anomaly. It was a perfect dark beer to be sitting out in the sun. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it was wonderful. So. Cool. Well, thank you. Um, awesome. I like this one better, though. I like the, I like the, uh, the, the fruit. It, it all comes out. The, so far, the Galaxy might have, the first one we did, it was, uh, everyone really liked that one a lot. But, you know, it just depends on the hop and what you like. Right. So I think fun. we've made it five different ways, six different ways now. Yeah, if you count, yeah, if you count, it, if you count at home and throughout the whole process, yeah. How often do you plan on going back and revisiting those hops, or is it something that you just want to keep? rolling through all of the stuff that, that, that well I think that I definitely want to go back through them uh, for numerous reasons but right now uh, can we get a fumble yeah. anomaly so uh, I, I've <laughs> thought yeah. about that or Willamette or something that's you know it, it would be a 
not a bitter beer, but it would showcase the. It I'm, should I'm showcase a it. Nerd. I, I, oh yeah. I, I feel like I'm the only one. So well, maybe go. we'll have to do that for you. <laughs> What's next? All right. Number, number next, six. I did uh, number six. I went. It's our. Uh, we call it Thanks a Latte. It's a. Uh, it's. It's a milk stout with a lot of roasted barley. That's the short of it. So it's. Not, it's it there's just... no coffee in it, but it's. It's damn near close to tasting this, though there's like coffee. coffee. Yeah, yeah. It reminds you of coffee, but there's no actual coffee yeah. in it. Sorry, that's, that's the sound that's the, of deliciousness. Hmm. So, yeah, like, it tastes like there's coffee in there, which always blows my mind. You're right, the nose, I, every time I smell it, it, it blows my mind. People don't believe us when we tell them there's no coffee in it. That's really good. And again, that that real nice roastiness. That, yeah. that, I, I'm a huge dark beer fan, and I feel like so many places around Cincinnati will have a dark beer, and they leave it on in the wintertime, and then it's gone. And all summer, you've got all these pale ales yeah. and all these IPAs. Or if they do something, great, it's, but it's a little light just, or thin, maybe. I don't, like, I don't care how warm it is outside. That's a really good beer. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> right on. Which today seems like a perfect day. It was it's kind of starting to feel like fall. So yeah. In. Yep. It feels like it's here. That's that's really good. I'm trying to think of um, what what else I'm tasting. Uh, there's chocolate malt in there as well, so you, you get a little bit of chocolate. There's the lactose is the flavor of the lactose kind of. Maybe that's what I'm, it is. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, everybody tastes things a little differently, but uh, it's that's where the lot. Well, uh, uh, one of our bartenders came up with the name, but that's sort of where the thanks a latte came from. Was there's there's a certain creaminess there that reminds you of somewhat of a latte. It's killer. Yeah. Cool. We want to. You want to jump on to the next one? Absolutely. All right. Well, that's what you had. This is the toast oh, of yes. that. This was a. Uh, uh, this was sort of a, a crazy concept. Um, uh, we started with a Cascadian dark ale, which uh, for those that aren't aware, it's one of the original arguments of, is it a Cascadian dark ale or is it a black IPA? Uh, East coast, west coast. Um, apparently, I think the GABF recognizes it as a black IPA, but then, so anyways, uh, uh, I, I personally, I like, I've, I've really liked CDAs. I find them to be like a little heavier version of a black IPA, which I like, to your point about a little more roasty, a little more dark malts. Uh, so essentially we made a 65 or 70 IBU, I think around that point, uh, black IPA, and, but we put in uh, a ridiculous amount of toasted coconut. Well, that's so, if you didn't have it listed on the board that it was a coconut yeah. Cascadian ale, I wouldn't even think about it. I, it would be some kind of almost like a um, not almost like a like a lighter dark ale. Well, like I, I would think a porter, but the, it finishes way. It's really really bitter on the finish. Like a, like a, like well, a, not really really, like but a, like a coconut English porter kind of yeah. kind of thing. But then. When it's I, my favorite. When I really start digging into the aroma, I can I can still find the hops in there. But again, I don't know if I would if you didn't tell me. But in the and the finish, a lot of the coconut beers, like both Ron and I love them. I, I don't think yeah. we've met one we don't like. But personally, I can sometimes I get burnt out on overly sweet beers. I'm not a giant brown ale fan for that exact reason. And uh, so with this, it's it the bitterness in there keeps it from being so cloyingly sweet. Right. And. Uh, 
but yes, it was a, a, a nightmare of uh, toasted coconut, but it, it worked out and it's fantastic. We love it. It's I think it's our favorite yeah, so far. I, I think that's yeah. my favorite thing that I've tasted from you guys so far. And granted, I haven't had nearly as much that I. But that still, to, from to yeah. be so fair, it's my favorite thing that it's, we've tasted from yeah. us. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, so for me, the, uh, I don't know, something about toasting the coconut gives it a creaminess on the mm -hmm. back end. Like, you get all that bitter kick from the hops, but then when you get the sweetness from that, the coconut on the front end, it just kind of marries together. And it, to me, it just makes a killer beer. And I love that full flavor on the back end that you get. And uh, I could I, I could and have drink, drank a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> What's the ABV on this one? Uh, 7%. Or I think it's 7.1, but yeah. It, um... It, it does feel like you could drink a whole lot of this. Yeah. That, I, I the, have, the, and the, it's the, not usually a good idea. <laughs> the, way, the way it finishes, it, it, it really does kind of, the, those hops cut it off and, and, and leave you just kind of wanting, wanting another drink. Wanting exactly. more of that coconut. Yeah. You get that full flavor, but it doesn't kind of hang in the back of your throat. It's a tease. Yeah, well, it's, that's a great it's, way to say it. Yeah. It's, it's delicious, though. It, it reminds me of high school. So I guess this is still on the from the beer fridge topic, but what, what kind of things are rolling around in the head right now that you guys would um, like to do beers. Beer styles? Just beers that you'd like to kind of explore and styles that you haven't gotten a chance to do yet that you are dying um, to. Well, uh, that's uh, the this week I believe I'm going to get around to it. Uh, the, uh, I think we're going to call it Biesel beer, but it's a, a red IPA that I put beets in. Kind of, it, it at least approaches the color of blood. Uh, <laughs> perfect for Halloween. Right. Um, and the earthiness of the beets just plays really nicely with the hops and that style. Uh, have had good results at home with it, but excited to make that one. Um, do you guys, uh, and I don't know if we talked about this the last time we talked to you guys, but do you guys have any barrels? Is there a barrel? Not, not yet. But barrels are something it's that's... on the medium list. Um, right now, we're just, they're still just kind of settling in. Um, there has been some discussion. Yeah. There's the second site, uh, Rum Distillery, up the road here. Mm -hmm. and we've talked about uh, taking this cast, the coconut, the toasted nut beer, and putting it in a rum barrel, and maybe going for some sort of pina colada beer. If, if you guys don't do some big Russian imperial style in yeah. a barrel, then... Um, well, that's, that's, right. that would be... Chances are that'd be where, where we'd start. As far as kind to, of have to, to get started, yeah. so exactly. The, the biggest, darkest. And speaking of that, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that's something else we're gonna we're working on uh, trying to get something with a, a fairly ridiculous ABV yeah. stout form. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm shooting for around 13. We'll see where it comes out. It, uh, but just those would be a few things at least off the top of my head. I'm gonna re, I'm gonna do a version of the Beach Park Week for fall and winter, more of a Dunkelweissen style. So a week but, from today, yeah. we have a, uh, a volunteer firefighter event. So the the Bellevue and Dayton local firefighters are raising money for some equipment that they're doing. So they're gonna be doing some guest bartending, and uh, they we were a, requesting an Oktoberfest type of a beer since that's the season we're in, and uh, since. That's not something we're quite set up to do in the, in the lagering. Right. Eric uh, kind of massaged one of our uh, amber recipes to give it a, a neat little spin for the firefighters. So uh, they named it their Fireman's Brew 3751. And a little, little more malty, a little toasty. Yeah, it's all, yeah. Marisotter, Victory, a couple crystal malts. It's just a little Chinook for uh, bittering. Um, and that's it. And it's that gets English yeast. That, that a week from today. Yeah, yep. a week from today. Yep. That's yep. put it in the bright tank today. What about... Um, Sours for you guys. That's kind of the that's a little big bit, hot thing in town. Right I, yeah, now. and I'm a big fan. And uh, is it a fear? It, no, no, no. I, I heard about one of your neighbors having a little bit of problem with oh, some infection. No, Once you go sour, you never yeah. go sour. Yeah, you never. Yeah, I don't know. You never go back. I don't know. I don't know. Um, my, it's not so much fear. It's more of um, 
trying to restrict myself from moving too quickly. Because uh, I, I, if I had it up to me, I'd never make the same thing twice ever. But then I know that we can't long term, we can't survive that way. Uh, and so that's where the, the sour thing, I want to mess with it. I want to play. I, I don't know why I like to make my life so complicated, but I want more complication. Uh, so it's it'll be coming. I just I think the best thing is to hold back a little bit, make sure when we go to do it that we don't end up like making one little wrong mistake, and then all of a sudden you know half our fermenters right. are shot, and we have to buy this. And, yeah. it's a- Coconut yeah. Cascadian Sour Ale. Yeah, yeah. Or like it was a Jolly Pumpkin that had that happen. Which kind of sounds delicious yeah. to me, but all right. Actually, yeah, you're kind of <laughs> onto that one. Yeah. Um, well, well, real quick, though, along those lines, he did come up with a neat concept. So he took our, uh, our popular common recipe, and he put a neat little spin on it. So he did a, a pineapple addition and some chipotle peppers. And that turned out outstanding, and that's one we're excited about, called Pineapple Fire. So that's another one. I think we're probably going to tap that probably maybe even tonight. We're hoping to be able to get into it for the uh, the smoked truck out front because it'll mix So up. which beer do we all need to drink to kick something to get it on tap? <laughs> That'd be um, the, uh, the, the, I think the beach part, yeah. All right, everybody drink weed so we Every, can get the yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll put that on, and that'll go nice with the food out tonight especially. But it's a, it's a great little beer. It was a surprise. It was something he just kind of went with his hunch. And just, and just tried something, and it was outstanding. I, I Honestly, I, I tasted it expecting to not like it, and I absolutely loved it. So it was a neat, neat beer. Well, so. it's, you know, when you start talking about anything with any kind of spice to it, too, like, I feel like that's that's something that freaks yeah. people out it, it sometimes. It is. It's polarizing. You just never know yeah. what that means. And it's like, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's not as hot as death by any means. It, but there's nothing as hot as death. Uh, uh, I, I, I actually, I think Fibonacci might have beat them with oh, one the cow. Yeah, well, I, I mix had, the caps. I, I do okay. 50-50 with okay. regular stuff. Uh, I think I've only tried it plain once. Uh, we had a taste of it. We were up there, and it was fantastic, but wow, was it hot. It's nothing like that. It's just, it almost just tingles your gums. Just did, a little uh, bit of heat. Did you get to try, did you guys make it up to a Bewilder Fest at Urban Artifact? No, no. Um, so, no. This is, we're going way off topic here, but you know, it's still about beer, so I guess it's sure. not really that. Yeah, topic. it counts. Um, no, there's Fibonacci, no Fibonacci did a, um, a toasted or smoked um, black garlic beer. Oh, yeah. Um, that was one of the weirdest and most fun things. I've I can't, I'm really life. upset I missed that. It was, I, I could only drink one, but it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, in the spring, uh, when crawfish season's back in, uh, a good friend of ours is uh, from Louisiana and he's in the food business and uh, we're hoping to make it work out. We'll see when we, with the bridges, with health department, etc. but to do, uh, basically do something like our smoked porter and cook the crawfish in it Ooh, and then filter it out and then ferment it almost a twist on like an oyster stout kind of concept uh, but then to the to the garlic that's what reminded me of that is with the spices going into the crawfish boil I'm like I've been a little weary about like sulfury things like onion and garlic and how much salt can you put in there etc etc so it's yeah. it's it, that's a you almost want to do a small batch of it yeah. to make sure. <laughs> well, we would just probably do 30 gallons and ferment right. it out, see what happens. and it'd yeah, be interesting. Yeah, it'll be and fun. And again, yeah. that's, what, that's what kind of what's fun about craft beer. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I can't for the life of me remember who it was, but they were asking about you know, kind of craft beer and like, well, you know, why? Well, I remember who it was. Why do you guys want a garlic beer? Why? That, that, that sounds terrible. Why would, you, why would somebody make that? Why would somebody make, you know, eight ball did the gorgonzola cheese, cats, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? And, and I said, 
why not? Yeah. You know, like it's just like it, just just try something that's kind of try like, something different. Yeah. That was the spirit of, of what made craft beer happen. You know, was, there was all this one Amen. thing, this one thing across the country, and everybody was drinking it. Everybody was happy drinking it, but there was couple people and they just said hey guys you know like why 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 are we why are we doing this why don't we try this why don't we try that i heard about this beer i tried this beer and it was good why don't we why don't we do that so that's kind of you know it, mm-hmm. why not so I, I appreciate people that that kind of go off the deep end a little bit and do something even if it's not very good i appreciate yeah it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 let's well, take can, a yeah. Let, let's take a quick break before we get too far cool. off of the from the yeah. beer fridge segment um, <laughs> sounds good but thank, thanks for having us on man oh, no stick around we're going to talk to you guys some more um, before we get to uh, to Alexandria, so stick around, guys. Good, All right, we'll, we'll be right back. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, Eight Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas, Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest to be harvested. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi fans, I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pasteur Screen Print. Mario Pasteura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pasteura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pasteura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pasteura.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasteurascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pasteura Screen Print. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. Um, sorry, Periscope, we're trying to fix you. You're falling all over the place. We don't have our Perisco- Periscope down. setup for anything right now. We we used to have, or we have somewhere, a tripod that holds the phone really nicely, uh. and you can just put it where you want. But 
it's in the midst of all this transition. We don't really know where anything is. So gotcha. We're, we're working on it. Um, so we're back, Eric Bosler. I'm uh, here. What now? What do we talk about? I don't know. So you guys have been open, what? A month uh, well, yeah, we did. So we, we opened in the uh, beginning of June, uh, first first weekend, second weekend of June, something like that. Um, and I think it was give or take about uh, five weeks of, uh, of soft opening with while we were getting the beer made and getting right. ready. Our grand opening was July, I think it was 24th or 23rd, 22nd. I should remember, but I bad with numbers. It was the 23rd. Oh, see, I, I got it. I knew. All right, cool. <laughs> I knew if I hit a bunch of numbers, I'd get it. Um, and so since then, we've been uh, serving our beer, and uh, we've had we've had a couple. The, op- the big grand opening put a hit on us, but we caught back up. Um, I think once the we have a little bit of Pilsner left, and once that's gone, it'll be all our stuff. Awesome. Uh, and it looks like that's going to continue, at least for the next, until we get another crazy, crazy event that runs right. us out of beer, which should be good. So looking back, and I know that it hasn't been you know, a super long time to mm-hmm. be able to, to make those things yet. Like, Is there anything so far that has just completely caught you guys off guard, has surprised you that... For, for me, the biggest surprise has been uh, groundwater temperature. It was something that I wasn't aware for uh, knocking out the beer right. for, uh, through the chilling, the heating, uh, heat exchanger. Uh, so I've had to add a secondary one with a glycol loop to get the, my, my knockout temp down. That was, uh, I was, that was caught off guard. I, uh, but fortunately, for example, like Mitch at 8-Ball and uh, uh, Patrick, who was not at Listerman's anymore, but... Um, uh, they were they were helpful in educating me and uh, telling me like uh, well first off basically making me feel better like hey it's not just you we right. all have this problem this time of year I mean because the, the groundwater is coming out of somewhere between 78 and 82 degrees so it's obviously it's never gonna get the work down right. colder than that so uh, for me that's been the biggest surprise uh, the other one I guess would be I was. I'm always, I guess, I, uh, I hope for the best, expect the worst kind of thing. But right. I, I've been uh, pleasantly surprised with their business. Uh, it's like from the get-go, we've just been busy. And I mean, a slow day is still no problem as far as meeting numbers projected right. in the business plan and everything. So well, um, we, we tend to hear that more often than not. It just oh, I was it, told it catches it. people off yeah. guard. I was told it when we were, oh, oh, be prepared. You'll be slammed. You'll be slammed. And I'm like, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, and they were, uh, yeah. They're mostly, for the most part, right. Fridays right. and Saturdays are, I can't remember, well, <laughs> I act like we've been open for years, but I can't remember the last Friday or Saturday that we weren't like a full bar, full tables, people outside, you know, uh, uh, much. It's amazing to me because basically we're selling a product that's 5 or $6. Right. Within, you know, but yet you do it enough and all of a sudden, you know, because just like any business, there's a lot of overhead. So, yeah. <laughs> I think just, that's, that's an understatement when it comes yeah. to brewing. You know, there's well, and just owning a bar in general. But right. like, it's been that's been a very nice, pleasant surprise. Was that people are very supportive, and uh, they keep coming back. So if you could, if you could go back in time and, and kind of grab yourself, you know, by the, the shirt collar as you're getting ready to start this brewery, and just and tell yourself one thing, mm-hmm. what would it be? Oh, that's a tough one because. There's, there's quite a few things. Put your coconut in a, in a sack yeah. before you... Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't put toasted coconut loose into a fermenter. Um, you'll, yeah, you'll fight getting it out. Um, I'd, I'd say, I mean, we... I guess one thing that Ron and I both agree on, it's, it, and I don't, I don't really know, it, it's that whole if you go back thing. It can't actually happen. But we ran into so many problems with our licensing that were due to um, small little... 
we'll call them mistakes for lack of a better word, more misunderstandings, I guess, right. um, that, that delayed us a lot of time, which of course cost more money. Uh, it could have been open sooner, et cetera, et cetera. But there, but even then, you know, if we'd have if we'd have lined all those ducks up, who's to say that something else still wouldn't have come out as a problem? Or uh, uh, I can't really the well. I mean, the walk-in. I mean, it's getting like I'm just getting nitpicky at this point. The, we got we got a used walk-in, and we had all this, and it ended up costing like we could have just built it out of wood for way less money. But, but yeah. You, know, you, you say you're getting nitpicky, but th- these are things that there's X amount of breweries that haven't opened yet that have yeah. that idea that are that are on their way to doing that. Yeah. That are also on their way to making some of the same mistakes that you have. And I, you true, know, I, true. I, I've heard from a couple different places locally that have either already opened or getting ready to open that as they listen to a show like this and they hear from people and they're like, well, I didn't even think about this and I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. So I, it does help people, you know, mm-hmm. the, the nitpicky things. As you well, and, them, and, for, is, uh, and for us, be, being self-funded, we didn't have any outside investors, no bank loans. Like, so things like that for us mattered. Right. Uh, for example, staying up, being having forced to be open an extra couple months before we get our license, you know, the, the walk-in situation. Um, uh, but like, I mean, really, uh, I'm not much of a of a regret kind of person in general. So it's, it's kind of tough for me to say. I mean, other than if we could go back in time and find a briefcase full of money, that would have <laughs> that would have helped us out tremendously. I can see it. I, can, yeah. I think we can all use that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. state the obvious, right? So let's talk about um, crowdfunding a little bit. Okay. Um, that's kind of the the theme of the night tonight. Yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. Alexandria and. Um, trying to figure out a way to, to really make this thing work and get, to get this dream to finally kind of mm-hmm. to get the ends to meet. And you guys were one of the breweries around town that, that used crowdfunding to kind of yeah. help bolster to, our to, uh, to, to yeah. make it to make it all happen. Not uh-huh. not to not to necessarily have to have it to open your doors, mm-hmm. but to make it easier, better. To, to, to work, I guess. You know, well, like, I think on our first, our very first uh, time when we were on the show, I think one of the things that, to that point was that the, the crowdfunding event will uh, basically dictate whether we have bar stools or you're standing at the bar. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so uh, that was, I, I don't know, that's sort of how we looked at the crowdfunding was we looked at it for all the, like, stuff to make things nice. Like we, yeah. giant Connect 4 that's sitting behind me that I'm in love with. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For example. <laughs> you know, it, and I think that how can you, like, explain that to some of those people around town that, that, that give people shit for, for crowdfunding over there's, there? It seems like there's two schools of people. That you've, well, got, you've got the people that kind of respect it, and, and if they believe in the project, they'll support they'll donate. it. donate, yeah. And then you've got those people that just say, well, I, why are you asking me for money? You're I have, a, I have an aunt. You? I have an aunt like that. Uh, I find it very ironic. She's older. She's Well, she's freaking old is what she is. Uh, love you, Aunt Pat, if you're watching, which I know you're not. Uh, Are you kidding me? Yeah. She's a regular Yeah. Viewer. So, uh, well, she was one. When my family came up for our, to do all that, she was like, they're asking people for money. But she, she's not a, she doesn't know how things right. work these days. I'd say that it's, uh, but I guess to, to her point, every time I see her, she gives me a $20 bill for gas. <laughs> so she donated. She just doesn't know she donated. Right. Uh, I always put that money and put it in the bank. And, uh, but then That's her bar stool right there. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, People will have, but then, you know, a lot of times the people that will naysay a business trying to get money to open, um, 
they're they themselves will you know buy a candy bar from a kid to support right. the school and other types of fundraising events i think that they just get i think they get locked up in the traditional way you start a business and since we're talking about beer which essentially is bars uh that banks laugh you out of the bank they will not give you a loan and I, so i just I, you know i I hate to lump it in with bars because to me it's it's it's, uh, well, it, it's it's so different than that. It's you're right. You know the the reason that crowdfunding can work so well with breweries if it's done the right way is that beer is part of of us. Like you know the the people yeah. that come to this place week in and week out. Mm-hmm. It's not just because they want to drink. Yeah, if yeah. If you just yeah. want to drink, there's there's a hundred places you can go. Exactly. I live around the corner from Jungle Gyms and yeah. $3 pints at Jungle Gyms. It's cheaper for me to drink there than it is to go to a tap room. I gotcha. That's not why I go to a tap room. It's not because I need I need a craft beer. It's I gotcha. It's this bigger picture, this 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 thing that's... You're right. And I think that's... I, I guess I'm speaking more from us because we are... Uh, we don't distribute. We are just in-house. And, the, and at least from a, a loan, from a bank standpoint, they're just, it's way too risky. They just won't, they won't give you the money. Right. And, uh, or I, I guess they will, but you got to have it first. So <laughs> uh, I think that that's, I think to, to the point of crowdfunding and to help maybe explain to people that don't understand why a business would be asking the public for money is if, you know, you, you can't just go to a bank and get a loan to open a brewery. It, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, at least it didn't for us, I can say. And um, so by crowdfunding, it's a way to actually get some form of a, it's not a loan, but it's kind of like a loan to help get your tap room open, for example, or, you know, buy the walk-in or something else that you need to get it going. Well, we talked to um, the guys from from Wiedemann, Mm -hmm. and the way they described their crowdfunding was it was more of a way just to show investors and show banks that this idea Mm -hmm. is something that can possibly work, that there are people that believe in resurrecting a old brand that mm-hmm. for for all intents and purposes that some people think is a a, a brand that had crappy beer for a very long yeah. time yeah and and how can you do that in this modern landscape and so they were kind of using it as a way to say hey look here's these people that believe in what we're doing and mm-hmm. now help us make it happen you know yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's interesting the different ways that you can use crowdfunding but i think it all comes back to that that passion of the community like craft mm-hmm. beer and and to make it successful and you know you guys are, are one of the ones that made it successful there's a mm-hmm. list of people that, that that didn't and oh yeah um, yeah yeah it's uh i mean uh, ron and i spent he he did most of all the organization of all the our crowdfunding event or but uh i mean we we talked about like i think we spent a week just trying to figure out what number to put in right just because if you don't hit the number, you don't get it. But if you put it too low, then it doesn't look like we're serious. And if we put it too high, it's... Well, and um, it, it, it might be a little mean to talk about it with them in the other room, but, you know, the, the first Alexandria Kickstarter had mm-hmm. some of those issues. And when we talk to them in a minute, we're definitely going to talk about some of that and okay. some of the some of what they learned from, from 1.0 to 2.0, as I'm calling it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> and, you know, so what are some of those things that you've seen in some of the... I don't want to call them failed crowdfunding attempts, but that, oh, I that, think that you would give for advice. I would think that people. what we, what Ron, like Ron made this, this commercial, this video for, uh, for our, our page and everything. And like, 
he didn't really like to spend all the time doing it. I didn't want to be the one talking all the time, but we, we did that. So, cause what we noticed was the ones that don't succeed were the ones that appeared at least to not put much effort into it. Right. So the ones that had a video, the ones that had, a, you know, a reasonable, uh, uh, selection of stuff, you know, like not, not, it wasn't like, oh, we're promising you on an airplane, you know, it wasn't out off the wall. Right. But uh, you also weren't like, oh, you get a keychain for a thousand dollars. So it, it seemed like, and so we honestly, we we, I mean, we didn't copy, but we followed Braxton's model as much as we could because they obviously were successful. Uh, with their with their crowdfunding, I think to this day still the most successful brewery. If, I know they set the record. I, I can't I imagine. Still there, so. Yeah, well, and, uh, that would be like that would be if you're trying to succeed. Is if you don't think you should do it, do it. Right. Like as far as putting work into it, because and the, and the more you want, the more you got to do. And um, we did every we did everything but get on TV as far as getting newspaper articles, etc. Just trying to spread the word as much as we could. Uh, and and even then, it's you know it's tricky. You know, I love what what it created. I, I yep. love this 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 end result. I guess I, I, not even the end result. I feel like a a brewery is one of those things that kind of shifts and changes as time goes yeah. on. But I, yeah. I love what where you guys are at. And I, mm-hmm. you know, where do you see yourself in a year? A know, year? Um, is that unfathomable no, at this point? So? No, I think that in a year we should uh, we should be on our way. If not uh, upgraded with our fermenters. Um, we're gonna step up in size, uh, get it a little nicer. Um, uh, long story short, have more control um, and more sanitation. Just, I guess, at the end of the day, more control. Uh, that I'd see us there. Um, uh, I'm not sure, really, as far as like any expansion that way. Uh, as far as like going up onto the roof for a beer garden, I mean, we'd have to have a bang up winter, like a really big winter, to do something like that. But. Uh, that I think that's realistic and maybe the three-year plan uh, to get up to where we could have the we could have the patio that's out front now and then also be up on the roof with because awesome. you know, the the plan would be for shades to do solar panels so we can help supply energy to the building etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so it's it's going to be great but it's going to you know we got a big project for that right. coming maybe that's a good thing for a Kickstarter project. <laughs> <laughs> um, what um, how big is too big for somebody like you guys you know we like, see like in barrelage you mean or yeah, sort of sort of I gotcha. know, we, we, we've seen you know there's almost two schools of thought in town right now you've got those people that are almost holding stuff back and desperately trying not to get to be a madri or a rangeist and you've got the madris and the rangeists and places like that you know 50 west is on the verge of a huge growth you know eight ball eight ball as well is getting ready of, to expand a lot of big task rumors around town too. i've yeah, heard yeah. that too yeah and yeah how big can you still be and still maintain who darkness who is yeah. that well i For remember guys. I, well i remember talking about that in school uh i mean that's uh, it's tricky because, like, in the for example, for example of um, of uh, franchising, uh, you know, the biggest problem Colonel Sanders had was making sure the chicken tasted right at all the stores. Right. I mean, and he was apparently he was very diligent about all that, um, and I think that that could translate into beer, um, m- maybe, maybe not as much. I mean, it's c- cooking food and making beer are different, but uh, uh, 
I think size, but then you also throw back into the size, like you mentioned, people holding back. There's, there's this point I remember from business theory that if your business does not grow, it, it, it will die. Right. So there's, to, to truly, to try to restrict to zero growth, I don't think is a very good idea if you want to stay around. But I also can understand and relate to not wanting to be that, so like, we, we like that we're small and that we have the ability to put 40 pounds of coconut in a beer if we want to and not because we, we couldn't scale that up. So do you think a place, you know, there's there's nano breweries around town that are very happy being nano. Well, yeah. some of them aren't as happy being nano, but there's there's nano breweries. Do you, are you of the belief that if you hit a point where you're maxed out on how much you're making there, mm-hmm. you either get bigger than that or it, it can't really well our work. our plan this is probably a bigger topic than no it's okay but our plan we i mean we were just recently talking about it our plan is to i think we're going to go somewhere around seven ten barrels here in, in-house and we're not going to worry about getting any bigger than that we're going to do what we can do with what we have and if if it dictates which it, we'd imagine it would if it goes like everybody else if we went into more we would we would we would buy slash build a commercial brew house somewhere maybe out by the airport let's say or something to where instead of just getting so giant in here where you can't move and so big, uh, we so we're not against growing, but at least for this site, we want to keep this location a, a nano brewery basically. Right. Um, uh, so I, I guess I don't know. We're kind of fall in the middle. We're not we're not goaling to try. You know, in five years we want three buildings and you know hundred barrels at a time. But at the same time, if we get there, we're not we're not going to argue about it. Right. Yeah. And that's when you get offers of millions of dollars. And I'm going to ask you the same question in, in a year and see okay. what the, yeah. what the answer is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We've got Andy Reynolds fresh off of the launch of their latest Kickstarter 2.0 is what I'm calling it. So That's, let's, that's what we're calling we're, it. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. You're invited to join us at the 2016 Brewers Charity Golf Classic, presented by Top Golf and Jake Sweeney Chevrolet, benefiting ProKids.org. This premier golf tournament will be hosted at the prestigious Four Bridges Country Club in Liberty Township. This two-man best ball scramble features over $100,000 in cash and prizes. The Brewers Charity Golf Classic tees off at 1 p.m. on Monday, October 3rd, 2016. Premium craft beer stations will be available on every third hole. Player registration ends September 25th. So get your best two-man team together and register online at www.brewersopen.com. You know, there's no need to be up tight. <laughs> beer, beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today. Right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey everybody, we're brought to you by Brewers Buddy your best friend in brewing. 
Brewers Buddy is the latest homebrewing system on the market. It's a patent-pending, gravity-fed, beer homebrewing platform made affordable for anyone who loves the craft of brewing beer. It's versatile, durable, affordable, and it's safe. You can follow them at Brewers Buddy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can find out more about them at BrewersBuddy.com. Make sure you pre-order now at www.BrewersBuddy.com. Brewers Buddy, your best friend in brewing. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> And we're back. Scentsy Brewcast, the voice of Scentsy Craft. If you haven't caught on to that yet, we are the voice of Scentsy Craft. We're back with um, Eric Bosler, still here, of course. We're in his house, drinking his beer, and it's wonderful. And we're now joined Andy Reynolds. You are... Word. You're kind of... Not kind of. You're, you're the reason that we're here tonight. Um, crowdfunding 2.0. Alexandria. We're trying to make this thing happen for you guys. Um, where do we start with this? Where do you want me to start with where it? Where do we start with <laughs> this? So, why 2.0? What, I, how do I word this? What did you do wrong? Well, oh. I, I think... I, that's, I mean, I, I don't want... <laughs> hey, it's fine. What, what I'll, did, I'll talk did, about that's, you know. I, I think part of what we did wrong is we didn't get it out there enough. Um, you could say it's a lot to do with timing, too. Uh, you know, we, we kind of launched it at a bad time. There's a lot going on in the world with the media, but, you know, you can only take that so much, and I'm going to shoulder the blame for it all. Uh, I, I think a lot of it was our rewards were kind of confusing. Uh, we had way too many of them out there. So we simplified things this time and, and got it out there a lot more in the community. Um, you know, and, and I think there was just not enough buzz around our name at the time. I think we've done a lot to change that. So, is the Kickstarter live now? Yes, it is. As of this moment, it's yeah. live. Yes. I mean, I feel like I should ask, well, what do you want people to do? Obviously, you want people to get on and support it. So, tell us kind of some of the reasons people should support you guys. Well... If you can, if that's easy to, to, to put into words. I mean, it... Really, what, what we're trying to do—you've got to toot your own horn a little bit too, you know. And I, I know that, that's, that's not your—I know do. that's not your speed, but why? Not not necessarily what makes you guys better than anybody else in Cincinnati, but but why? <laughs> why should people get on and, and, and help you guys make this happen? I guess. Well, first of all, the the main point of the Kickstarter, and usually most people's Kickstarters, is it's more about getting our name out there, getting recognition making sure our distributors know who we are before you know, they, they want to back us. Because the biggest thing with distributors right now is shelf space and getting your, your name on other people's tap handles. Um, I'm sure Eric can attest to that, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're uh, what that's not really the reason, but it's one of the many reasons why we chose not to go with distributing right off the bat. Right. It's, 
once you start to like, right now we're all buddies and friends once we're actually on the shelves for especially on a bar if, if you got five taps at your bar all the craft beer is in direct competition with each other i mean we still like each other but we are and so it just kind of for us it's more of a growing pains but we're also super tiny so. right and, and and you know that that's part of it is, is just you know showing distributors hey people want us people want us around um the other thing is is showing the city of alexandria that hey people want us out there um you know there, there's a need for a business like us out there uh there's nothing like it out there at all uh i think the last time i was on here i talked about nku being being part of our market and uh I, I sat down with the uh, the mayor out there, and he said, you know, there, a lot of people are just kind of going out of the new neighborhood out there, Arcadia, which is a huge subdivision being built, and they're just turning left and going north into the city. They're not turning right and going into the city of Alexandria, um, which the city of Alexandria has a lot to offer. There's a lot of small businesses in there. Uh, a lot of them supported us tonight. So, you know, helping... The city's the city council see that hey there's a there's a need for a brewery out there by having people support us and showing hey people want us there it's kind of a big thing too because the walls of Kentucky are a brewery's an industry it's not it's not a restaurant it's not a service industry so legally you're supposed to have ten acres of land so it's kind of a it's kind of a fight with city council to get that get a way around that you got to work around it you've got to get a wall on the books saying hey if you're under a certain production we're going to let you come in so it takes it takes community support to do that right so has the how supportive has the city been just out of curiosity extremely is there anybody here from the city tonight yeah um the uh the owner of community park here scott he, he's here he's also on city council too and uh the mayor was going to try to make it tonight he couldn't unfortunately uh so, so you know we we kind of hear two di- two different schools over and over with people on on when they're trying to open in a place a, a, a new place i guess where there aren't already breweries and there isn't already this established thing going on and and it's either that they're desperate to get you be, to be there right or they just don't know how to do it they don't they don't want to deal with it and stuff i you know i don't see a lot of places that are falling in that that middle ground and so right. i that's that's where I'm kind of curious, just to see. Yeah, they, they really want us there. It's it's kind of more of getting those people that are kind of on the edge. Maybe that might be on city council saying, right. "Hey, yeah, there's community support for us." Um, the other factor too is, you know, the the cash is nice. Don't get me wrong. You know, but if we raise enough of it, but we've got investors lined up. It's getting them to the point where they're going to put their signature on the line and having this shows investors that there's going to be business, there's going to be people coming in, drinking our beer. It, it makes them a lot easier to sign that, that name, you know what I mean? So tell us some of the, uh, some of the, um, the, the, the levels that you guys have, some of the different rewards that, that are on the, the Kickstarter. <laughs> well, it and starts... You have, to, you have to describe them in words since we're... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only get them to say, well, this... <laughs> yeah. This lovely... <laughs> Now, so it starts with, um, you know, you can start with just a dollar, and, and that means a lot to us. Uh, you know, I know not everybody's got thousands of dollars to give us, and and we just appreciate even a dollar means the world to me at least. Um, but 
on top of that, $10 gets you one of our stickers, and it's probably going to be more like three or four that we throw in the envelope, you know. Um, and then from there, $15 gets you either your choice of the Belgian tulip or one of our pint glasses. Uh, we've done away with the, uh, the snifter this time. We just The first one, we, I think we only sold two of them, so we're just kind of simplifying things that way. Um, next up from there is our T-shirt. We've got a men's and a ladies T-shirt. Uh, both have our logos on it. I'm, I'm wearing one right now. I know you really can't see it, but uh, our first run of them, it actually kind of turned out a little more purple than we like, but we didn't do color matching on it. Uh, we're going to color match them and, and turn them out really nice the next round. So um, The ladies is a, is a heather red, though, and my, the men's is, is black. Um, now, I do want to throw this out here real quick. So if the ladies are ordering them, they run about a size smaller than they should. Uh, they're, they're fit or fitted t-shirts um, but yeah my, my wife's like why'd you order every because we get the samples you know and I ordered them all in large because why'd you ever order everybody largest and you know she's kind of a smaller person and surprised at how tight it was on her, oh, so. I'm always surprised so. at how, sure how tight the shirt is when I put it on so yeah then um Next level up is $50 for bringing back the Cincy Brewcast special. Awesome. We're limiting it to 25 this time, <laughs> though. Um, this is something that's... I'm going to admit it. I, I kind of... <laughs> I think I told you this offline, but I kind of screwed up the last time I was on your show. Um, and uh, there's no margin for us at that. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm holding to my word there, and, and we're, we're doing that. So this time we're giving you a choice. I, I won't tell you that we would have been happy to go back and edit the show and have you fix that thing. <laughs> it, it, was, it was live, wasn't it? It was since... No, no Periscope. But, you know, yeah. Still yeah. the majority of our listeners are still downloading <laughs> the podcast. We can... It's the internet. We can fix stuff. But I won't yeah. tell you that. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I stick to my word, so... But, but we're limited at this time. Um, so if you want that special, get on it quick. Um, so we're limiting that to 25. Then we've got a pretty badass hoodie that we've got. Um, that was probably our most popular item the last time. Um, that's $75. And then from there, we kind of start stacking rewards right. at 100 So the 100 is the, probably our next most popular item was the Bomber Club card. And that got confusing because I have to intentionally make it confusing, and I, I can't right. emphasize this enough, and I'm going to probably make it confusing when I describe it here. So you're buying a card. You're not buying beer. You're not buying beer. Right. That card entitles you to two bombers. And I'm wink. I did a wink. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I need a little sound effect, like a little ding. <laughs> that you do not pay anything additional for for three bottle releases of your choosing. Okay. You'll get, um, you'll, if, you, if you buy that Bomber Club card, you'll get, th- you'll get an email ahead of time saying, hey, we're doing a Bomber release. Uh, are you interested in it? If you are, you say, yeah, I'm interested. We'll set two Bombers aside for you, and those are yours that come pick up. Um, at that time, you can also pay for an additional four Bombers. So you can have up to six bombers reserved for you at each release. Wow. It's good for only three releases, though. That was kind of where the confusion came in because everybody thought it was unlimited. And, and some people thought, well, they only got the six. No more paying. Yeah. 
bombers, but then they can kept they can keep doing the four ahead of time, and that's not the case. It's just three, but it's three from when we do our right. first bomber release. Now, that's not you can use it on our regular um, one of my flagship bombers. We're going to have our Belgians in that, but I don't see a reason to do that. You know, if, if you decide that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But we're going to do seasonals. And, you know, we're talking like a year, a year and a half down the line, but we're going to do seasonals and uh, special releases and bombers. Uh, for the most part, they're going to be available only at the, uh, at the tap room. Uh, we're going to do very limited distribution on that, so that's just something to keep in mind, and, and that's kind of the reason we're doing this, because being a big beer geek like I, like I am, you know, I, that's, that's kind of what I thought, is that's the biggest pain in the ass about being a beer nerd, you know, you, you right. want to go to get up at eight in the morning and go wait in line to get a beer. Yeah. yeah. Or, or I go to Dark Lord Day every year and, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good example. And I'm still fuming that I haven't gotten Taft's bottle from today that, that was released at 10 a.m. or something. Uh, what, they, did they release something today? Oh, what was it? Some kind of stout. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, the, the, so, so. Shifting topics a little bit, but okay. So, so then we've got we've got a bunch more stuff that that's come back. But with that bomber club card, you're going to get a lot more than what you did the first time. There's glassware. I, I can't remember if we put the hoodie in with it or something else. But but we're tiering our categories too. So if you contribute, I think it's a hundred dollars or more, you get invited to the annual backers. Uh, I think I think we're calling it the backers beer bash. Um, so it's going to be like an annual celebration of backing. Sounds it. very rock and roll with you guys. And if you did, um, if you do two hundred dollars or more, you get invited to our soft opening, um, which I think we're calling it like a soiree. I can never say the word soiree. Thank that you. That's not Thank very you. rock and roll with you guys. No, it's not. It's not at all. It's like the opposite, right? <laughs> uh, but you know, that, that's that's kind of what we're doing. So it's it's like a two different tiers. So even if you, you know, say you did like. Just a hundred dollars. There's still going to be something in there where every year you can come back, and we're going to do limited releases for you, things like that. That you know, I'm big into barrel aging. I'm big into tossing fruit into whatever and, and changing up my beers that way too. So it's something that'll be special for you at that time. If you're one of these people that lives in the the not so northern part of northern Kentucky, yeah, like I, to me, it's a it's an absolute <laughs> no brainer. I mean, like. Right. If, if, if you're living in Dayton and you're a craft beer fan, I get that you might be a little on the fence if you should back into one of these huge levels. Still should, but I, I get it. Right. But if you live, you know, down here in Kentucky, like there's not much going on down here as far as beer goes. Especially well, it would be, I mean, with you guys, it would be you and then it would be Rooster in Paris. And you all could share all of that space. Uh, I know guys that drive up from uh, Maysville to go to breweries in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, that, and that's the truth. Yeah, and, uh, there's there's a market for it for sure. <laughs> but there's nothing south brewery-wise. Well, and, well, and I think not it, real, I think not big, not bigger breweries. And I think it works out great for all of us too because it's, you know, like you said before. I mean, craft beer eventually becomes a, a competition, but it's also good for everybody because. You look at it this way, I mean, and, and if we're being honest, everybody makes their money on taproom sales before they yeah. make anything off of right. distribution. I mean, if, if you compare it all, that, that's where any brewery's making their money until you get to, you know, huge amount of distribution. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you bring in a new craft brewery to Northern Kentucky, you're bringing in more tourists to Northern Kentucky that's going to, it's going to benefit darkness, it's going to benefit eight ball, it's going to yeah. benefit 
Uh, what, what's what's the guy Randy from? Um, oh, uh, Wooden Cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to benefit them. Um, yeah. Braxton, all of them. All of them, yeah. and, and that's why it, it, it's a good thing all overall for the whole beer community. So tell people a little bit, kind of what they're going to, what they can expect from the Alexandria Tap Room. Like, what is what is this experience in your head? And I know that we're still we're still working on a lot of that stuff. But you know, what what is the experience like? You know, it's we can we can see what darkness has ended up right. you know like how well, just to give people an idea well we've had to kind of re- and it's okay to compare it to other tabs no, no, we're good we're good um we had to kind of revamp our, our business plan slightly um got a little pushback from from the bank on what our excuse me what our original what our original plan was um and the problem is is that they they just refinanced 50 west expansion and we got compared to them. Um, it's it's not it's not a I guess it's not a bad thing because they're familiar with financing breweries, but at the same time, it's kind of comparing apples to oranges. But they want to put us all in the same box, you know. They're saying, well, you know, your numbers are not matching up. You know, you're saying you're going to make a, a much larger percentage than what they're saying. I mean, they're not looking at dollars; they're looking at percentages. And, and what that comes down to is, you know, 50 West's overhead is so much higher than ours because we're not running a restaurant out of ours. You're not running a, a restaurant and a volleyball courts and bicycling clubs. And right. I mean, we don't have the, that level of employees working at it. Well, and even in fairness of comparison, I mean, the, the, the taxes alone are so just different across the river from both. We're just across the board, right, wrong, and different. They're just right. different. Right. And, like and you can't compare the two. But, but, you know, it's, and I, I came from banking industry, and I know, I know how banks work, and unfortunately, it's an, unfair, it's an unfair comparison, but they've got hard numbers on one, and they've got theoretical numbers on the other. Believe me, we know and, all and, about that. <laughs> and what are they going to look at? They're going to look at the hard numbers, right? So what we had to do is our original plan was a 15-barrel, uh, two-vessel brew house with, with a production facility built on the land we're looking at. Um, but the land we're looking at has an existing structure, which is a house, and we were going to use that as our office. So what we're thinking is kind of doing how Mount, Mount Carmel started and um, doing the production in the basement, uh, starting with a three-barrel system that we were able to find that's, that's fairly decent. Um, actually, lets me do multi-step infusion, which I'm, I'm big on, and I can even run decoction on it, which is huge for me, too. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. Um, the, the thing is, is that we, to do decoction, we've got to run um, two tankless water heater, heaters in series, and they, they jacket it. I know I'm kind of getting too technical here now. But no, I'm, I'm with you. I know all about what you're talking about. Um, it sounds uh, complicated. So, so your ramp-up time on it's going to be, it's going to be slower. It's not, it's not the same as steam, but, you know, it's still, it'll do the job. Um, but the, uh, the thing is, is that we're looking at three-barrel with, with six, seven-barrel tanks that we can fit in the basement comfortably. Um, and all our cold storage would be in the basement. We, we convert the top or the, the main floor into a tap room, um, kind of gut it a little bit, but kind of keep it that homey type feeling. So very like, similar to Mount Carmel is the yeah. best way, like something that yeah. very Alexandria. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it does kind of make sense. And then um, top floor would be our offices. And then, uh, you know, about a year, year and a half into it, we'll, we'll build that production facility, Ish. get... get yeah. Throw the issue. yeah, yeah, but but we'd have numbers to back it up with the bank right. at that point, you know, and we can have hard numbers instead of theoretical numbers saying, "Hey, look, we're doing this." If we continue to do this. We can have more tap room seats in the production facility, 
and then then go from there. I'm, I'm assuming that you would have some kind of outdoor beer garden space. Oh yeah, and that that's kind of that's and, that's huge, guys. I mean, to th- me, you know, it, it, I wouldn't <laughs> say uh, the majority of the years outside drinking weather, but there's enough of a chunk here in Cincinnati that. We, we think it's about six to seven months or probably it, on average. It, I, I, I always say 30 to 60 days of actual <laughs> days where it's not raining, 90,000 degrees, et cetera, et cetera. It, but, uh, to me, that's the way to drink. But when it's, nice, it, for, right. and when it's nice, it is so nice here. Yeah. It's such a break from the norm. I love it. But, but the, the thing is, too, is that we want to go full on like Bavarian German style tap room or outdoor beer garden um, area and we want to make it huge I mean the, the piece of land we're looking at is is like four and a half acres so a majority of that will be the beer garden um, and and with that too uh, you know not at first it'll be something that will continually be building and building um, but with that it's going to be family friendly um, I think I talked about this last time but we want you know pin, free pinball free vintage arcade machines our goal is not to charge for that kind of crap because that kind of stuff is, is so your kids are occupied while you can enjoy a beer and get out of the house, you know. Um, I know babysitters are kind of, that's always my wife and, and my biggest thorn in our side getting out is just finding a babysitter. Well, I've been, I've been raving all week about 50 Fest this weekend having a petting zoo with a kangaroo <laughs> and a camel. I'm surprised and we don't have the box to and the how, how, yeah. how cool camel is boxes for, the for, kangaroo. for shifting this culture in Cincinnati of what does it mean to have a taproom and what does it mean to be a beer drinker and like you know, to make it this, this family thing again. Yeah. Because that, that was what Cincinnati was at one time. You know, oh, yeah. you, you spent the afternoon at the beer garden with your entire family, you know, hanging out. And you know, I, I like to see that coming back. And so I always appreciate when I hear people doing that, especially since there's baby gnome coming you know he's gonna need to hang out somewhere too so. you gotta get him like a little pointy hat yeah yeah a little shoes he's gonna have like a pitchfork probably yeah. no, I, i'm super i'm super stoked about 50 fest i want to if i can make it over there it's we've got full weekend but if i can try to break it over there i I'll break away and make it over there so i'm trying to say i I want to pet that kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd stay away yeah. from the camel. Yeah, well, I, I've seen enough yeah, of those in my cool. life. Okay. <laughs> so what do you want... <laughs> Excuse me, man. What do you want people to know that you feel like they don't know? Um, I don't really know. I don't know what they don't know, honestly. What, what do you think they don't know? I, I don't think it's as much as what people don't know. For me, I just I feel like... Well, can I ask a question? Yeah, sure. Uh, do you have any particular uh, beer styles or themes? Or, well, I mean, obviously there's no wrong answers. Well, but. okay, so, so what I like to do and, and kind of what, what, my, what my styles do is they, I, I like blurring the lines. I don't believe in, like, BJCP guidelines. And, and it's gotten me in trouble when I've entered competitions a little bit. Um, but I always get really good notes from the judges, which is more why I do it than anything else. And... and um, so my, our flagships are three Belgians and a Berliner Weiss, which is okay. odd, right? But we're going to have as regular as possible a white IPA. So I, I think that's something you kind of have to have as an IPA. And, and our white IPA is almost a true Belgian wit, but just hop the shit and back. I gotcha. Um, and then on top of that, uh, our, our uh, seasonals are mostly IPAs. Uh, we've got a real solid black IPA that I'm that I'm 
in love with. I mean, that's probably my favorite beer that I brew. Uh, and then my double IPAs is probably like the one that I get the most requests for to brew for like friends and family and everything like that. And uh, I don't know. Well, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a really I'm a big Belgian fan. Yeah. So if, uh, yeah, it's, you got me. You got me there. <laughs> um, yeah, there was actually. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've got an imperial style I'm working right now that I'm barrel aging. Um, it's it's one that we're that we're doing. Uh, our eventual goal for it is to kind of do whatever you want to call it, like a dark lord day or whatever. But all proceeds from that beer will go to uh, some sort of uh, veteran charity. We're, we're trying to figure it out right now. Um, I mean, the main one's Wounded Warrior that, that I believe in, but you know they've gotten a lot of bad press right now, so. It's kind of, is that the one you want to give to? And, and my, my instinct is yes, because they've helped me so much. But I, I would say give to who you want to give to. Yeah. but Otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. No, you're fine. No, no. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, my biggest thing, and this is to go back to, to your question, is, is I brew more for balance than anything else. So I, I don't really care about the style. I care about making sure it's drinkable and it's something that anybody is going to enjoy. I gotcha. um, you know, there, there's a lot of people, my family that's here that, you know, are normally like, I, I can't put that in me. And then they had my beer and they're like, holy crap. You know, they went from understanding, yeah. from just going, this is dark beer. And now they know like, oh, this is a stout. This I is. I to hold off on that. That's what she said joke. Because yeah, my wife yeah. is sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> normally I would have jumped all over there. I don't even think she heard. She's wearing that wall over <laughs> But it would have been, been a really good. It would have too. It would have. It would have worked so well. Somebody at home right now probably just. That's just what so she said. Somebody's yelling. Yeah. <laughs> if if well, cool. I think I our I think our periscope quit out, so Tina's yeah. probably not sitting there yelling. But. Yeah. <laughs> I just figured I'd ask just to, just because I, I I was unaware of what your maybe your, you know everybody some people some people are so focused on I'm gonna do this, yeah. and then and then other people are very just sounds like you fit into that category of I like to make beer and yeah. that's that's it so cool I, I do you know I, I do think that you have that definite love for traditional styles though too that I think um, as far as craft beer goes I think a lot of people are drifting away from that and don't get me wrong I think drifting away from it is fine too but to have those places that can make something super traditional and do it the right way and do it really well I, I, there's a, I have a lot of respect for that too so now, um, we, when we were talking the other night, I mean, I don't know. Can we get into that? I don't know. No, nope, super top secret. I don't know. I don't well, know. Why not? It's, uh, <laughs> we're, 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 we're working on something semi-top secret, and um, Daisy from P3 is here, so she might yell at us if, if we... It's kind of been put out there by, I think, Bayad Tom kind of put it out there last night, and then we kind of piggybacked on top of it, and so did Braxton, but... We're keeping it. We want to keep some surprises for yeah. people, but we're definitely yeah, we there is a, a large group of, of fantastically talented brewers that are working on a project right now, um, uh, in in memory of of our fearless leader who uh, is no longer with us, Mike, and it's going to be something super traditional and. Um, Anybody who listens to the show, I'm sure, can figure it out where we're going with it. But um, it's it's going to be something really fun, and um, well, you'll definitely hear more about it. You know, we um, in the coming weeks yeah, at least, right? 
probably, I would assume fairly soon. We, anybody who's been listening to the show for a while knows we do a, we, we did a Christmas show last year, a big a charity show, and that's being shifted to probably November-ish, I guess. I, should, I guess I can say that. Yeah, yeah, and November so, 4th. I, so well, you, it's not a hard date. I think it's the 5th. 5th. So whatever that Saturday is. So, yeah. so you know, that's, that's going to be our charity show. We can tell you that. Um, but, but that's not a hard date. Yeah, it's pre- I think it's pretty solid, though. Yeah, and, yeah, it um, sounded like it. It'll be at Braxton, so I guess we could say that, too. Yeah, we can say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, that's, that's all I've got for you guys tonight. I, you know, I, everybody, please get on and, and, and support Alexandra. Get down here and support Darkness and um, get, get around and support everybody. I guess that's the, the yep. easier way to put it. Just yeah. start getting out and going to... If there's any place around town that you haven't been, go. go there. Just, you know, start, like, get on the gnarlygnome.com, support me. <laughs> get on there. There's a really cool map. Just click on breweries and just start working through the list. I don't care how far away it is. I don't care if you have to drive to tomorrow and you live in Alexandria. Yeah. Do it. Just go and, and, and start hitting all of these places and talking to people and finding Finding what's new, finding what's exciting, finding what, what, what gets your, your brain kind of thinking about some different stuff. So. And make up your own mind on it. That's the other thing yeah. I'd say about yeah, it. That's, don't, listen to, don't listen yeah. to everybody else because yeah. and, and so many times everybody else is wrong. Don't, and don't put it out there, too. This is, and if I can piggyback on that here real quick. I really like this, but what do you guys think about that? And then all of a sudden change your mind. That, yeah. That's a big thing about me that, that I've seen out there a lot and a lot of the groups I'm part of and I, I love all the support we get in the groups and everything but there's a lot of form your own opinion is kind of what I'm saying you know and I think that's what you were saying Eric too it's just you know that's kind of what craft beer is about it's about just waving that middle finger at, at the establishment and when you when you put out there and you take a picture of your beer or, you know you say hey I'm drinking this what do, what do you think about it yeah. Say, hey, I'm drinking this and really enjoying it. What do you think about it and, before you put it out? There, and don't you know? be a jerk, you know. For for God's sake, I think that's that's the one that's the one gripe I have about this beer community right now is we're right on the verge of becoming uh, too be, becoming something really awesome and really different than anywhere else, or becoming just yeah. another bunch of jerks and just start being nice to everybody. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, when I was at Seaborn, this is again piggybacking off of that too. This is something we talked about is the beer snob versus the beer lover, right? And, and it's, you get your macro drinker out there who might, what are you drinking? And if you get all pretentious about it and it's like, oh, I'm having this and I can't believe you're drinking that and you're rubbing their face into like a, you know, Bud Light, I can't believe you're drinking that crap on, no, that's not the way to approach it, I'm sorry. Because, because that's right there, it's gonna turn them off at whatever you're drinking. Um, it's not encouraging them to try something new. It's, it's right. causing them to shut down and think that everybody who drinks craft beer is an asshole. Yep. And I'm sorry, that's, you know, I, I had that mindset probably in 2008. Yeah, I'm and, sure all of us It's have. easy to slip yeah. into it sometimes. It is, it is. It is. Yeah. And, and, well, and, and it's not the beer, it's not the beer's fault. It's, I, I think the, the hate comes from the, uh, the, the way that the business runs in the way that it's all it has nothing to do with the brewers and the beer and that it's actually quite miraculous that they can make billions and billions of bottles of beer and, and all, not, yeah. to be, not to be too snobby yeah. there's a lot of machines that do a lot of really no, hard work I, to make that I understand so that I understand that I just still it, to, to his point it's right it's just, well it, 
if it wasn't for them, the craft beer movement wouldn't be where it is. Right. They developed all the hops we're using, all those high alpha acid hops. They did it to make their beers cheaper. Yep. So and if you think about that. And if you even look on it on, on a smaller level here in Cincinnati, you, you walk into Braxton and you drink that beer. And if you think that Richard would be who he was today if he had not worked for, 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 for Budweiser and been trained by Budweiser to be who he was. Evan, you know, cut his teeth at Hofbrau House, who I know is not a necessary, like, do you consider them a macro? I, I don't know how you consider them, but that's right. what they, you I'd know, call they, them a microbrewery. Yeah. You know, Hofbrau Brew has pub. been around well, for they're huge in, years. They're huge in Germany. I mean, so yeah. it, it, big beer does some, some, some big things for the rest of the little people. So, well, and, and all my professors at Siebel, all almost all of them worked for Big Beer at one point or another too, and they've trained almost everybody who's gone into serious education on craft beer. And it's not, you know, not put, not belittling anybody who hasn't done that. But you know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it, all the books that were written, everything like that, has all come from those people that cut their teeth right. there. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, well, I'm no, running that, over. We're, we're, no, we're running out of battery is the, 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 the <laughs> bad part. Um, battery power is wonderful, but eventually it runs out. And I, I got to thank you guys. Thank Eric you. Bosler, Darkness Brewing. How do people find you guys? Uh, social media. Uh, I know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook's the big one for right now. Alexandria. Facebook, www.alexandriabrewingcompany.com, um, at ABC Brewing on Twitter. And, of course, Cincy Brewcast. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. Cincybrewcast.com, thegnarlygnome.com. Tina will be back next week. We're at Blank Slate for the very first ever Blank Slate Wednesday. They're adding to their hours finally, and we're going to be there broadcasting live. So thank you everybody for listening. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.